Let's face it, running a construction company can be chaotic. As business owners, we wear a lot of hats and we're constantly putting out fires. Luckily, there's a way to work simpler with Builder Trend. I'm a huge advocate for using technology to help run AFT, and Builder Trend is one of the most crucial tools I rely on to keep me on top of every detail. Built just for home builders and remodelers, this is an easy to use platform that helps manage all aspects of my business. My team's been using Builder Trend's project management platform for the last five years. And we love that they're always improving and adding new features to make our lives easier. This is something that we've really tried to take on internally to find ways to improve our system every day. Build a Trend just released a full set of financial services, added new tools like Takeoff to make estimates more accurate, and launched a total rebrand with a new mission to help change the future of construction. And we are on board. To learn more about how Build a Trend can help calm the chaos in your construction business, Visit buildatrend.com backslash AFT. When you schedule a demo, you'll receive an exclusive 60-day money-back guarantee only available to my podcast listeners. I'm following Build a Trend into the future in construction. Come on board with us. I remember when I first started, um, there was another builder who was, who's actually we were going about a two, or, two or three years. We had some traction. And another builder that was starting said, hey, can you send me your whole trade list? And I was like, what? <laughs> You know, like, no. <laughs> I was like, would you like to date my wife too? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> so welcome to the AT Construction Podcast. Welcome, JD. Hey, Brad, how you doing? Good, man. So JD Dwyer, president and owner of Sticks and Bricks Development, my biggest competitor in Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny you say that, but we, we, don't, we don't really go up against each other on bids, though. It's kind of funny because, you know, I had Brady, Brady Fenn on a while ago from Fenn Rogers and you, I mean, we're really good friends. Like JD, you and I have been really good friends for a long time. And, um, even as, uh, you know, a small world, it is like, yeah, I can't think of any time I've ever gone against you bidding on a project. You know, the, the sandbox where we are is big enough, you know, like you guys do a lot of North Scottsdale stuff. So do we, we do Peoria. You don't, Yeah. we don't do East Valley. You do, you know, PV. We do a fair amount there, and I think you're you're probably doing more in there now than you used to, right? Yeah, we didn't do a whole lot before. We're doing more now, you know, Arcadian mm-hmm. PV. But yeah, you've you've done a lot more down there than I have over the years, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, and and um, th- this is what I appreciate. I think what's unique in the market, and I know this is something we talk about, is it, it's been pretty rare. I think in years past, you'd have contractors that you know are friends and share. I, some of my really good trades are from you. I mean, I have a couple of really good mm-hmm. ones that are from you, JD, that you're pretty open. And I think that's pretty unique. I mean, for you personally, I know you network with me and other builders. Have you ever had any, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to say fear, but maybe held back and sharing things or, or what do you find proactive about networking with other builders? Sure. I mean, I think it's a give and take and it's kind of like, you know, I've asked you about some stuff, right? So it's as long as it's not one-sided, um, I think it's a fair thing to do. And, you know, I think everyone has one or two in their pocket that you kind of hold on to. Cause you know, that like they're already at their bandwidth, you know? And so mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah, you want to go do work for Brad? Like, well, he's, you know, he's going to push you over that. Right. <laughs> I remember, I remember when I first started, um, there was another builder who was, who's actually, we were going about a two, two or three years. We had some traction and another builder that was starting said, Hey, can you send me your whole trade list? And I was like, what? <laughs> You know, like, no, I was like, would you like to date my wife too? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> he, he didn't really see the, you know, he didn't really understand what he was asking for. 
So I'm sure if I called him up now and asked him for that, he wouldn't tell me. So, yeah. you know, that's probably one of my favorite analogies that anyone's ever said on the show. That's phenomenal. <laughs> so, uh, but the funny thing, and I'll give you credit, JD. I think what's interesting is, uh, I, I specifically remember this coming from you was I, I had asked you for, uh, I think it was a stucco contractor at the time. And he said, you know, Brad, I, I have some good people and I can't keep them busy myself. So I wanted mm-hmm. to work for some other good builders and you had sent mm-hmm. them on. And of course they've done our work. And to your point, I think all of us have a couple of key vendors that, yeah, there's, there's no doubt that if we send them to some other big builders, there's no way they could service us. And we, we got to be cautious about that as well. Right. You know, the funny thing is you're, you're probably talking about the stucco company we do a lot of work with. And unfortunately they told us two weeks ago, they, they're, they're not doing our work anymore. So Why is that? They, you know, like that's, you know, kind of some of the stuff we're going to talk about today, but just like the temperature in the room, you know, and Hey, let's do things differently. Like we, so we tend to, we ask our, our stucco company, like to put up scaffolding and then take it down after brown coat. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we don't want to do that anymore. And we're like, well, we have to, like, we got to get grade. We got to get Pat Travertine set. We got to get pavers set. And they're like, it's too much work. And we're like, this was your idea. Like how, you know, like we're not asking you to do anything different than you, than you came to us with, you know? So I think they're just saying, Hey, we're spending a lot of time and energy taking all this scaffolding down. We're not going to do it now. I don't know if they're doing, they said that to any other builders, but that was just one example that they were just hard. No, like we're not doing it anymore. And we're kind of like, we need it to come down. I don't, what do you, what do you guys do with scaffolding? Yeah, you have to come it down because otherwise, yeah. if you don't, like, how do you final grade? How do you, I mean, there's so much, you and I both know how long it takes to get a house, especially exterior. One thing that's killing us, I'm sure for you too, landscape, anything, you know, any exterior masonry, you know, sport courts, whatever they may be, front yard. I mean, there's so much access you need and you just right. don't have enough timeline to get it done. Right, right. Yeah, outside has always been the we're waiting on, Right. I mean, getting wood floors in and painters inside and cabinets set, like that's like, you know, easy living, right? The outside stuff is just tends to be just such a bear because, you know, you know, whether it's the gene, I mean, masonry, masonry is just so many steps, moving dirt, you know, uh, so many more inspections. It's just, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. And you and I do a lot of hillsides, so it's even more congested, mm-hmm. right? At the top of a hill. What's interesting you say that, I, I think part of the issue you, you and I have from exterior is um, homes aren't getting more simple. They're getting more complicated. And Mark La Liberté, who we built for, he he made a comment. He's like, you know, uh, <laughs> and, and I don't want to offend any, you know, des- design or architects out there, designers. Um, but he said it's almost in some, in some cases, it's like a competition who could put the most stuff on their house, right? From you're doing with the house with seven different, you know, uh, facades, you know, from brick to stone to yeah. wood, whatever. And so what's tough for you and I is you're trying to finish a house and right. you have all these elements going into it. Well, the lead time on that material too is just longer travertine pavers, you know, any kind of exterior stone cladding material it's just not sitting in a yard somewhere you know like lumber or it's so much harder to get your hands on and there there's just material that's like hey we're gonna ship this in from virginia it's like when's that gonna get here you know like it's like you're talking about like months of waiting just for i mean i have some trap you know travertine's getting better but we had some travertine that was like six months last year we were waiting on so yeah, that's how you're supposed to keep schedule. Let me ask you this because mm-hmm. I think what's unique about you, JD, is you have a pretty efficient organization. You don't have, you know, five thousand people at the company, but you do a tremendous right. amount of volume. 
How are you managing expectations and even managing the workload just with how complicated our industry is right now, getting material, getting labor, you know, finding right subs? Um, You know, we've grown a little bit, so we have a little more office help now. Um, And then our guys in the field are just really strong, uh, especially at the top. Um, You know, they can just, they have a lot of knowledge and experience and can really, you know, balance a lot of plates. I call it plate spinning because, you know, I, I, you're busy. We're all busy, but I like people that I'll have like a friend come in town and kind of come in for a day and hang out with me. And they're like, Holy shit. Like, this is your day. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Like you're, like you're on the phone all day long. I'm like, I know. Like I'm used to it. Like and it's from like six in the morning till like eight at night. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I'm sitting in my truck backed in my kids are like in the driveway and I'm like on my, on a phone call. Cause that's, that's when people want to talk, you know, they want to mm-hmm. talk from like, five to seven, you know, cause that's when they're free, but yep. I mean, we do, you know, just being efficient. I mean, we, we just jumped on the builder trend uh, bandwagon. So that's helping a little bit just from a, a bidding standpoint and scheduling standpoint um, in, in repetition, you know, I mean, it seems like every house is a little different, but just trying to get better and learn something from learn from mistakes from the last one, you know, like right now, and I'm sure you're the same way, but 600 amp electrical panels are mm-hmm. just the death of me. You know, they want, you know, it's not something you can just go buy at CED or they're all custom made. They're, they're waiting on all this material, you know, APS or SRPS to look at it. You know, you, there's so many approvals that has to get done. And if this is, if it's someone just makes a quick change, they're like, oh, I want to add a patio heater. They're like, you don't understand what like that involves. Everyone just thinks that you can just add something, but not when the calculation, changing the calculations. So we're, we're trying to get better with pre-planning and telling, you know, people think about all the things you, you may or may not want patio heaters, misters, you know, anything that's going to pull a bunch of uh, amperage, right. That can move the needle on the electrical. One Even like a so, yeah, tankless water heater that's electric, not gas. I mean, that, that's a huge right? draw too. Right. Yeah. Huge challenge. What, how are you setting expectations with client? I know you're, and maybe for those listening without, of course, naming all the projects, but Certain percentage, I know you, you've you done spec, you know, investment, yep. you do, you know, build the suits for clients, um, yep. a mix, a percentage, you know, how, wh- what does that look like for you guys right now? So when we first started, we were probably 50% spec, 50% remodel slash new builds. I'd say over the last three or four years, we've trans- transitioned to probably 75% custom build, or I'm sorry, like build the suit and then mm-hmm. 25% spec. So, you know, the specs are, are great. I mean, they, those don't require a ton of manpower, you know, and bandwidth. Like, you know, we can get through those pretty quick, pretty quickly, especially if we have a, a good designer on it. And we, 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 you know, we got the landscape figured out, all the stuff that just, we can just make decisions like, you know, check, 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 order that, queue this up, we're done. You know, the, so that's been, that's been, that's why we were able to kind of do a little more volume. So right now, I think we have four specs going with two more coming. So four are sold and then two are kind of pending. What's interesting, and maybe we get into specs in a minute, but I think what's interesting is you and I both work with interior designers on every project. It's, it's really common and designers are pretty adamant that they're like, hey, Brad, if I'm working for you, just doing a spec home or for you, JD, it's going to be X. And if a client's involved, it's three X, you know, it's typically their fees like three times the cost. And it's, uh, and the reality is when, when clients are involved, there's a lot more, right? It's, it's not right. just, 
making everything, you know, um, to their selections, but it's also setting expectations, timeline, answering questions, right? There, there's a lot of things that happen with a client as opposed to a spec. And that's why you mentioned it's a little bit less manpower because even for you, mm-hmm. you're not dealing with all the day-to-day phone calls and emails and change orders and adding a patio heater, all the things that would normally come up, you know, to build a suit. Right. Until we pre-sell a spec. Then we yeah, exactly. So, so do you pre-sell your specs? We did last year and, you know, I was eye-opening. So why you know, was it? Were you, was it, was it an economy thing? Um, you know, I think it's kind of the bird in the hand philosophy. Like, Hey, these are pretty good deals. We should probably look at them. We didn't know what the market was going to do last year. It just skyrocketed afterwards, you know? So, I mean, the, I guess the smart, it also depends on just the, <clears throat> the temperature of the investor we're dealing with, the, you know, the patience of the money, you know, what's the interest rate, you know, are they, are they paying interest? So there's a lot of factors that go into it, but sometimes you just want to win. You want a victory, you know, and put one in the win column. So I'd say, you know, everyone goes and it's ebbs and flows. Like next time somebody would be like, okay, we're not going to sell this. And then they get to the, you know, then they, then the next one, they'd be like, okay, we got to sell this one right away. So I think, (laughs) I think it just changes with the wind, you know, and I'm, I'm good either way. I mean, I like dealing with clients. I always have. So I think the more time we have with them, the, the, the better we can, we can produce and figure out what they need their expectations are and can, can try to make a raving fan. Cause like, that's what we want. We want people to tell, Hey, I bought this house. We love sticks and bricks. You know, I want to go over there for dinner. I want to, you know, become friends and do all the things. Right. So like the, the specs that we've sold that were just finished, I don't have that relationship with them. You know, it's kind of more transactional. So I do like having, you know, a lot of people out there that, are fans of ours and, and saying our name. So why do you think that is? I think that's pretty unique to you, JD. I, you know, I know we're with a lot of builders all over the country and, and I know you do as well, but from what I see and just reputation, I hear from you and from suppliers as well. You have a really unique relationship with your clients and with your trade base and with your suppliers. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is that? Uh, I don't know. Um, I, you know, I'm not a yeller and a screamer, right? So, I just try to treat everyone like, you know, I'm, they're, I'm building a house for my parents, you know, like we're, we're, we are not perfect. We are not perfect at all. We're not the fastest. We're not the cheapest. We're not the most expensive. We're not the slowest. You know, we're, we just do a good job. And when we make a mistake, we just, we try to own up on it. Cause that's what I tell people, I'm like, do not judge us by our best days and don't judge us by our worst. Right. Cause there's going to be some, there's going to be some, some of those days that you're, you're not going to be happy with me. I'm going to, I'm delivering bad news. I'm telling you, there's a delay. You know, hey, we screwed up on this. And then some days it's just like, dude, we got the meter set. Like your wood floor came in early. You know, hey, this, you know, the, we got three framing bins that came in under. And you know, it's just like, check, check, check. So, you know, you just, you can't, you got to, we're just got to be fair and honest. And, and, and it has been tough. This year's been really, really tough. I mean, you're probably in the same ballpark, but like budgets have been a disaster because the stuff we bid, like in order for someone to get a construction loan, they need a budget estimate, right? They usually are doing that before we have plans. So say somebody comes to us and says, Hey, I want to build a 6,500 square foot house. We kind of work up a number that, you know, is based on probably current costs and, but not knowing. And I always have a conversation with people. I'm like, look, are you the kind of person that wants a $12,000, you know, dining room chandelier versus a $2,000 chandelier? You know, they always say 2000, right? 
And <laughs> then they pick the 12. <laughs> right, right. But we're trying to find out what their hot buttons are. Some people are low volt people. Some people are, they want a fancy roof. Some people are like adamant about, you know, this company do their cabinets, whatever it is. Um, but just getting all those numbers together and trying to, you know, so you, you get a budget number together and what inevitably happens is like you start at 6,500, then you go to 7,200 square feet. Mm-hmm. But all they remember is what it costs to build a 6,500 square foot house. You know, so they're not looking at like price per square foot. They're looking more at like a total number because that's really ultimately like what they got to get approved for or what they can get approved for. So that's that's tough. I mean, and there's scope creep and like, you know, lumber did its thing last year, but like, you know, everything increased wood products, you know, uh, any kind of steel product, masonry shot up. I mean, everything shot up. There is there is absolutely a new norm. My, my dad was a builder, you know, growing up and, you know, like I remember you know, building a house, custom house was like hundred dollars a square foot, right? Uh, we used to be able to do it for two fifty pretty easily in PV, and now, I mean, I think the starting is probably closer to four hundred for for starting. Now you can get a very very nice house for that. It's not hillside, uh, but you're not going to get all the designer features and the wallpaper and the wainscoting everywhere. But it's a, is it a nice house that you can add stuff to? Absolutely. So. It's really hard to set that expectation. We're seeing the same thing at, you know, not just locally, but are you seeing any price breaks? The reason I ask that is because, you know, clients are coming in and I think a lot of clients or the public, there's two sides of this. You and I have a little bit of PTSD from 2009. We just yeah. do like, as a builder, we saw mm-hmm. what happened, um, how it affected us. So we're, we're trying to be cautious with, you know, hiring and growth and deposits and all these things. Cause we know what can happen, right? If, if that faucet shuts off. Clients look at this, and, and this is my perspective. So, so share yours too, JD. But my perspective, especially a lot of you know prospective clients come in. Hey, Brad, the market's coming down, right? JD, the market's coming down, right? It's getting cheaper to build. You know, interest rates are up. No one's building, and so there's this uh, feeling in the market that hey, the industry's slow. Pricing should be better for me. Um, and it's interesting because I'm like I'm sitting here thinking across the board from you know, from excavation to final paint, I haven't seen any price breaks. <laughs> like I'm like, no. I, it just, I'm like pricing stuff down. I'm like, what is happening? Like we, like nowhere can we find anything and it's still limited trade value. I mean, l- limited support from labor. I mean, what are you guys seeing just from a price? Have you seen I'm, I'm any seeing, breaks I'm, on any line item? I'm seeing some leveling off where I'm not seeing these increases every, right. you know, every month, right? So there's just some, there's some like, the reins are are being pulled back a little bit. And it's not all of our trades fault. It's just, you know, manufacturers and gas and you name it. But um, yeah, I, I see that a fair amount. Um, I, I think the expectation is like people hear the news and they see that like production buildings come, come to a halt and the trades are just, you know, w- sitting around waiting for a phone call. The trade base that, you know, that builds production homes is not who's building the our homes, mm-hmm. right? Completely different. So I think I think I mean, if you look in PV, if you drive around PV right now or any high-end community, I mean it's it's gangbusters. I mean every lot has 15 trucks in front of it. Mm-hmm. Like and and we're still behind. We have a labor issue still, um, that is not getting better. You know, and and then, and I, I don't know what to, I don't know what to do. You know, I feel like we. Everyone, like you said, everyone just, you know, kind of crashed out over the last couple of years because it's just, it's been three or four years of just absolutely insane. I think people are just kind of burnt out. Like the end of last year, I mean, you know, I don't tell this to a lot of people and I guess I am now, but like I was, <laughs> I was depressed. I was, I was, I had some mild depression. 
Mm-hmm. It was just, it was just such a, a, it was a great, it was a great year financially, but like emotionally, it was like the toughest year I've ever had. So. Yeah, it was hard. And I've I, talked I, to other, I've talked to yeah. other like landscape designers and architects, same thing. It's like, I can't do enough. I don't have enough time in the day. I get no breaks. Like what am I, what else am I supposed to do? I, you know, what else can I possibly do to make you happy? And it's really hard. I, I, I think making everyone happy is even more incredible incredibly difficult because budgets are higher timelines are longer um capacity shorter as you mentioned labor is right. at all time minimum it seems even qualified labor i think some of the pain pinches that we're feeling is that a lot of our subcontractors are good people but they don't have the right labors they don't have the right people working for them so they come out to the job they're installing it wrong it's incorrect you're waiting and it's like lack of a better word i mean we have to be there on top of them making sure everything's done Correctly. And and you made a comment. You say, you know, our subs aren't the same as production. You you and I both started in that production world. I, you know, there's a lot of value because you understand scheduling and management. Of course, you and I, you know, custom is what we wanted to or focus on. Maybe explain to those listen why, especially for clients that listen, why there's such a stark difference between a production trade and a custom trade and how they don't correspond at all. Yeah. So, I mean, like, just, just look at like cabinets, like, or a framer. I mean, they... Framers that do production building, they generally like, you know, panel build stuff off off site. So they're, they're putting Legos together uh, and they've built that plan 30, 30 times, 50 times, 100 times. Right. Their options are, you know, they, they have a memorized. It's so like it's it's, you know, they're doing something like like making a peanut butter sandwich. That's what it feels like. Something so simple to them. that it's so easy that they can't where they can't really mess it up. Where I mean, when we frame a house, I mean, there's days that we're scratching our head like. How are we going to get HVAC to this this room? Or man, that's a complete bust. We ordered a window that you know that should have worked per plan. That's not going to work now. What are we going to do for you know eighteen weeks that we don't get this window? So it's just completely different, and plans aren't perfect. And I don't, I don't, you know, I mean, everyone makes mistakes, and it's not any any the architect's fault. It's just there's too many things to do. There's too many details. You know, those those production plans have been washed and re- rinsed and repeated hundreds of times like they're, they're every all the red lines are, are fixed there's there's no issues you know so that's that's why i'd say it's different so you could have less skilled people doing that work right versus some of these houses that you frame and hillside and these steel connections and like you got to be perfect or it's going to be so expensive to fix yeah it's really hard there's so many details that we're, we're trying to um like you said in, in pre-construction we're doing everything we can just as you are trying to figure out all the ins and outs and make sure we're prepared before we start construction with that. I know it's really important. What's helpful for us is we've really had to take a hard line with clients, you know, say we need a design and we need an architect. In fact, um, you know, there was some, you and I've been through this stuff. The reason I'm bringing it up, I have a client right now and amazing, awesome client, super intelligent, knows the industry. Um, there was a little pushback on the design side and really I've had enough of these where you get down to the road and there's mistakes, right? Because, and, and it's not that something was done wrong, but the client has their interpretation of what needs to be installed. And then we have our understanding of what gets installed. It gets installed, and the client comes to you and says, or me, and says, Brad, JD, it's installed wrong. You're like, okay, well, who's going to pay for it? Right? We've got this issue, like, this is how I understood it. And especially if you're in a cost-plus model like me, it's like, well, who's going to pay for it? And I had this, this discussion with the client, and again, super great guy. He's like, you know what? Makes sense. I don't want to have to fight with you down the road about who's paying for it. Let's spend the money now, get it designed right, get it figured out, right? Have right designer, right architect. Get this done so that we're just, you know, building. Um, right. 
design side for you, what does that look like, JD? I mean, whether it be spec, whether it be build the suits, you know, how often is that team together? Are they involved from the beginning? Are you involved from the beginning? Yeah, we, we've made a really good connection with a designer who actually actually lives in LA. Um, but she spent a fair amount of time in the Valley. So we've, we met her through a client, a remodel, a big remodel we did. Then we hired her for respect um, after that because we just got along with her really well. And we've just, you know, she's like family now. You know what I mean? Like she's like when we have a Christmas party, she comes, you know, when she's in town, I have her over for dinner. Like, you know, she's, she, we just, we understand the spec sheets. She's really good with clients. You know, she's, she's not a one trick pony. She can do different styles. She, um, she you know, she makes it, uh, she comes in town anytime she needs to. So we just work really well together, but that's, you know, that's one. Um, we, I love working with new people too, but sometimes that consistency is, is nice. Um, we have, I have one going right now. There's no designer and it is really tough. I mean, why are you doing that? It didn't start out that way. So how did it, didn't it start? start out that way? Started with, you know, somebody that they, you know, that we knew it wasn't very strong. You know, we kept asking for, Hey, look, can I see some of your previous work? Do you have your, your spec sheets you can send over, you know, just let me see some cabinet drawings, anything. And it was like literally napkin sketches, you know? And I'm like, wow, we're going to, we're in, we're in for a tough one here. And then they, so they parted ways, you know, it was a, it's a infill lot. It's close to our office. We built the house next door. They're great. They're a great couple. You know, they're they're They put in a lot of extra work because of it uh, and we'll get through it, but it's, it's been tough, especially with tile and paint colors and, you know, just some of the miscellaneous stuff. I mean, they don't have a ton of, you know, extra detail, so it's not too bad, but you think about it, like there, you, you don't just buy something off. I mean, think about exterior stone. It's like there's a million selections and then you got to pick out the grout color. And then you want to, you want to do a mortar schmear, you know, I mean, it's just, it's like nothing is easy anymore. Right. It's not just like, I want that, put that on here. She had a problem with finding the right color on synthetic stucco. She just like, couldn't get it. Like she could not find one. I don't, I have no idea why. So, but you know, if she had a designer, she could talk her through you know, that person could talk her through that. And, you know, but, you know, we end up being that person. So it's, it's, it's hard. It takes a little extra time, but I mean, what, what are my options right now? You know? Yeah. Like, like hit the eject button. Like that's not, you know, that <laughs> it doesn't work that way. So, you know, we just, we just have to kind of rally the troops and, 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 and then it just, all it, all it does is drive home the fact for future clients. Like, Hey, we've done this. This is why it doesn't work. You know? So sometimes you have to go through hell to like, <laughs> to like realize how good you are with, you know, cause there's some designers. I mean, most of the designers we work with, they're helping when the tile gets delivered. They're, you know, they're, they're meeting them to get the slabs picked out. They're, they're encouraging the whole time. You know, they're, Hey, we're missing this. Oh yeah. I'll get right on that. Hey, can I have a measurement between here and here? No problem. So that can be so helpful, you know, and it's, and it's a different skill set. Like we're not designers. That's not, that's not what you want me spending my time on. You know, I mean, like, it's just not like, can I meet you at Arizona Tile? Sure. Do I know a lot about countertops? Yes. But do you want me picking out your whole house? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know? <laughs> it, it's but, funny yeah, you say it, that. It, be- yeah, I was going to say, it's funny you say that because I think the reality is, like you said, you have to go through hell. I mean, I, I think both of us probably made enough mistakes. I have specifically when it comes to design and starting a project too early and getting down the road and, you know, making concessions, if you will, just for the sake of timeline. And then you get to a spot where it just becomes really contentious. It becomes really costly. It becomes right. really frustrating. Um, right. to, to now where you and I can lean on this and say, look, it doesn't work. 
here's why given the breakdown and, and a lot of that just comes with, you know, industry knowledge, mistakes, you know, we all learn from that. I think what's tough for you though, you, you touched about, you know, it does vary when, with specs. Specs are kind of unique because depending on when you sell the home, if you are going to do pre-sell or sell it at some stage of the progress of the build, I'm sure you've done it all over. You've probably sold it at dirt. You probably sold it at framing, maybe towards finishes. Depending on when client purchases, and this is a two-part question, do you have like limitations, which you'll allow them to change? And then, because I know you have designers and architects, and anytime mm -hmm. a client sells it, they're going to want to make changes. So now that meter's running per se. Um, yep. How do you manage this budget, the design team, and then the, the limitation of changes you will or will not allow? I mean, one spec we have right now, I mean, you know, I won't go into all the gory details, but it's, it's not being managed. It's, it's, it's been, it's been just a free for all. Right. I mean, there was, there was a lot of language in the contract that should have been very clear that I guess wasn't. And, you know, we're, we're, we were on our third designer, we're on our third landscape architect runner, you know, the, the architects no longer involved, doesn't want to be. So like, we're just hoping we can kind of keep going. <laughs> That's a, I did, just, just I mean, your reaction. That, that is just as you know, is like clear as I can put it. You know, like my my PMs are like, "What are we doing?" I'm like, "I don't know. I honestly don't know." This is why I love JD because you know? I, I love the honesty. Because just <laughs> I, I think for those listening, they could understand like this. You know, the format is a little bit different just because you and I are such good friends, and you know the conversations we have, especially we're out at dinner with our friends at like Sub Zero Wolf or something, uh, they become pretty, pretty adventurous because we could be a little bit more uh, open on certain yeah. things we're dealing with. But right. but the reality is, it's just crazy time. I mean, th what you're speaking yeah. to is you have these huge expectations it's hard for us to fulfill them. You have so many other parties and elements. Everyone's overworked. And not that we're trying to see Debbie Downer, it's just the reality of our market. And how are we, yeah. you know, how are we addressing our systems internally? How are we setting expectations with clients? How are we trying to fix this for the future? You mentioned build a trend and that you guys have some really talented people. Are there yeah. other ways, other software that you're using to help organize kind of your daily task force? You know, we, I really like Google photos. We do a lot on there. We're, as people, as guys are walking houses, they're taking photos, putting it on shared, shared albums. So it's good for like our weekly updates. Um, I can check in real easy. You can, you know, I can make a comment on a thing. Hey, hood looks great. Awesome job. Like, Oh, cool. We passed that inspection. We also have a re live camera, like real time cameras at all of our jobs, which has been awesome. Just, Hey, the gate shut. Okay, cool. I can relax this weekend or, Oh, awesome. Concrete truck rolled up. So it's not like, it's not for like, managing it it's just more like that extra set of eyes that help um and it gives you know it just gives me a little we all use them you know it's not like we're managing from afar but it, it's just good to have that so that's been helpful um we do you know we, we've cut down on our weekly meetings because we're just so like our you know whole staff weekly meetings because we we just thought it was a little overkill and it was like we're sitting here talking about the same thing week after week so like let's make it every three weeks and we do more infield meetings, which I think have been helpful. But yeah, I mean, other than that, technology-wise, I mean, QuickBooks is great. You know, we obviously run all of our accounting through there. Um, and then we're, you know, we're all on Macs. I don't, you know, it's just there's just little efficiencies there. Um, the takeoff program on Builder Train we've been using a lot. So 
But I mean, technology wise, I mean, I feel like our industry's always kind of been behind, mm-hmm. especially from like a building, building technology stuff too. I mean, there's always things that come up like, Hey, let's build out a hemp or let's do this. Or here's a digital laser, you know, digital thing that can lay out your house. It's like, those are fun to see, but like, is it really going to happen and take over? You know, probably not. We, you know, we, we, we kind of all get stuck doing the same thing. This episode is brought to you by Pella Windows. When it comes to building homes at AFT, almost every project has Pella Windows. And they've been just an incredible partner of ours. And locally, Sammy and Adam, they are not only amazing business partners behind us, but they are super close friends. And I speak on the podcast all the time about the importance of relationships, right? Relationships with our customers, with our vendors, with our suppliers. Because at the end of the day, I'm only as good as those that help our brand and assist us in our projects to to take it from the ground up all the way to completion. And if we didn't have partners such as Pella, there's no way we'd be who we are today. Over the years, we've built this amazing relationship. When we call them or email them, they respond. They're quick. Their their company culture, their integrity, their honesty, you know, they are always there to do what's right for us and the customer. They can do anything from small replacement projects to large custom homes and even multi-million dollar commercial projects. And also, when you think about their product line, they can do ultra-contemporary, historical preservation, and large traditional projects. So for anyone, any scale, any size, they're the ones to call. They're here local. You know, they have an amazing Instagram. Make sure and give them a follow to see what they're doing. So if you need windows and doors, give Sammy and Adam a call. We stand behind Pella. We love what they do, their culture, their brand, and especially their quality. And if you want to learn more about Pella Windows, check our show notes. We'll have everything tagged there so you can give them a follow and have their contact information to reach out. Let me ask you about the cameras. I, I, I found that that's interesting. You know, with Builder's Risk, you know, our clients have to get Builder's Risk policies. I'm sure yep. yours did too. We require that. It protects you and I um, with that. There are incentives if there's cameras on site. Um, yep. how, how do you allocate costs for that? I mean, just more or less... What do you spend on that? How do you allocate it as a line item? Are you, you know, how, how do you attribute that to the job? So we really don't charge the clients more for us. So like, I think it's 10, once you have the camera, it roughly costs $10 a month to have like an, you know, a 4G like card, right? SIM card. So it's probably, you know, it's to me, it just seems like something that like we just kind of throw in. Cause I think we get, we get more use out of it. Like our clients, most of our clients don't have access to it. Yeah, we we occasionally, you know, if someone's out of town, we'll say, hey, here's a here's something cool. But like we use it more internally than externally. You don't want them looking and saying, J.D., you said electricians would be there. Why aren't they there today? Yeah, right. Well, we don't even like giving like, you know, I don't even love handing somebody a whole schedule like with dates. I mean, obviously we schedule in their hard, hard dates. But what, you know, you you and I both know that like if the framers or the electricians schedule for the 16th, you know, like he might show up on the 18th. He might show on the on the a day before that. Right. And, 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 and also, it's also hard with scheduling. Like some people are like, Hey man, we really busted through this. We got it done a week early. I'm like, that's awesome. But like, probably not going to help me. Yeah. Right? Cause like now I'm not going to be able to drag somebody else up a week, a week ahead of time, you know? So just, I think with trades, the biggest thing is just getting an honest answer. Like we're like, Hey, I'm gonna have that Friday. It's like, do you mean Friday or do you mean Thursday or next Tuesday? Cause if you mean next Tuesday, it would mean a lot more for me just to know that like yeah. I can plan ahead. So it's funny you say that because we've, you know, as a general contractor, a couple times with a client that I've been in a tough position is trying to be hero or trying to be the great guy, like good guy in the sense that, you know, hey, JD, I'm moving in, you know, I'm, I, I'm trying to get my schedule date movers, you know, I have this 
family thing going on or this personal thing. Can I get in by this day? And both times that I've done that, where I've tried to essentially rush them in or get them in, um, it just burned me every time. Cause then you're not done. It's not, things aren't quality controlled. They're not checked. You know, there's just mistakes. And, you know, I look back and I'm like, man, if I'd have just been really front saying, it's just not going to happen. I mean, there's no way to get it there. And then at least we can plan. Because in the end, and, and part of it's they want to be in the house, but they do say, oh, if you would have told me I could have planned around it, they still would have been upset, but it wouldn't have been like now where they're just irate because there's some issues in the home. And so I look at that, I'm like, and, and you just get that same analogy with the trade. If the trade comes to me and says, hey, Brad, I know we're scheduled. We done Friday, but it's probably next Thursday. Well, at least you and I can plan for it now. We could we can make alterations to the schedule, make some phone calls, and it puts us in a better place if we can just get to that level of communication and confidence with them. Yeah, we've made that same mistake too. So my old boss, Tom Lewis with TW Lewis, he used to, you know, every month he'd come out and drive all the communities and he would stop and come in a house that was closing in the next two weeks. And he'd say like, Hey JD, like when's this closed? And I'd say, Hey, it's closing in two weeks. He's like, no way. I'm like, what do you mean? No way. He's like, you don't have a countertop in this and you're missing this. I'm like, I'm going to get it. Don't worry. He's like, and he would go back and tell the closing coordinator to bump the date without even like, just do it. He would just move it. And it would piss people off. But like what I've learned is like it pisses them off short term, but in the long, like in the long term, like it's it's you're all you're doing is is making it better. Cause like getting drywall, paint, trim touch-ups, like after someone's moved in, is three times as hard. It's impossible. It's three times as hard. Cause now you're cleaning up, you're watching your steps, scheduling's a nightmare. Hey, we have a younger kid. We you know, you can come here between 10 and, and 11, 15. It's like no trade in their, you know, in, in any of this industry, like starts their day at 10 o'clock, right? <laughs> they want to, you know, or, or if they're coming from another job, like try managing that. So it's just so hard, you know? So we, I mean, yeah, we've, everyone wants to get in, you know, early, earlier than they should. And, you know, I look at houses too. And, you know, that last 5% is like the toughest to get. And, but it's the, it's the stuff that makes the difference, right? That you don't notice that it, it got fixed. So, but it also takes the longest. And like, you can look at a house, you're like, oh, that thing's ready to move in. And like, you start walking around, you're like, oh shit, like it's not, you know? So it, that's what I think people, they just see the big stuff. And they're like, you know, lights are on, you know, I have my appliances in, you know, I can do laundry here. I'm like, yeah, but you can't do this, you know? Or, hey, we got to, painter's got to roll through here one more, you know, for three more days. So yeah, it's tough. I, I found, there's always, I found- gonna be, there's always gonna be something. There's always gonna be somebody that wants to get in earlier. And what it, what are you going to do? It's their house. You know, at the end of the day, like, like it's going to be miserable. I'm just letting you know, like, it's probably going to take twice as long or three times as long. But if you really want to, here's how it's going to go. And you're not going to be happy. But if you still want to be in before 4th of July, go ahead. Yeah. I, I think what's really tough about that is, as you mentioned, it's their home and, and in their defense, you know, they've probably waited for a longer schedule than they initially anticipated in pre-con and permitting. And then also in the build, so they could be six, eight months. Who knows how much longer than they probably had projected or hoped for. Um, right. And then it gets really tight around the holidays because someone may, you know, if you and I are sitting here in Thanksgiving, you know, November, of course, I want to be in for the holidays, Thanksgiving or Christmas. And now you're like, all right. And now trades, you know, really aren't. And that last 5% is really hard. We've really mm-hmm. spent a lot of time. Um, and we have our first projects. It's I, I can say it's going to be a success in the sense that, we found that, you know how it is, J.D., we, we're rushing to get CFO. We get CFO. Client knows about it. They're super excited. They want to move in like next day. But the reality is CFO, even though it's a benchmark and, and we can get through inspection, there's still 
typically a lot to be done. Exterior, landscape, you got to fill the pool. We can't get the pool filled until we have CFO. Uh, there's still punch, you know, missing items. I found that if, same thing as you, is if we can walk with the client after CFO, do our punch walk, determine what that punch is. I mean, ideally, we've done a super walk and we have, you know, a good team walk already done. Right. Now we set closing four weeks after CFO. We have four weeks to punch the house, get the owner list done, get our stuff done. Now the client moves in and it's like, okay, seamless. And we have one that the client's like, okay, I get it. I'm going to move in four weeks after CFO. And uh, it's a slam dunk because I've been in your position too many times where a client moves in and you're trying to finish punch and it it is so hard. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing that we're struggling with too is like, you know, our schedules and starts kind of go like this, mm -hmm. right? Some I'll get... I'll get two permits in a month or I'll get a permit a month before I thought I was going to get it or two months after I thought I was going to get it. And inevitably, like you have like two or three starts in the same time. So what do you guys do to like control like your workload? Cause like having two houses that are closing, you know, in the same week or month is horrible. It's yeah. The late nights. It's the, you know, it's the people are working on weekends. It's, you know, it's the, everyone's screwing around. Other things get pulled. Like, Hey, you got to pull the electrician from this house, go over here. And it frustrates everybody. So what do you, do you, is there anything that you guys do to like, you know, like, hold on. Yeah, you're good. Okay. So yeah, when you're, so with closing, what's unique, JD, I, what we spend a lot of time is we have um, like a capacity report is what we call it. So our capacity mm -hmm. report and it's on Excel. And it, it, it shows like the projects that each super is responsible for. And then it shows like an expected close date. And so this, right. and I'm happy to share with you, but this capacity report, it, it's on Excel and now it's built out. So it's kind of like this graph that shows when the home's going to close. Mm -hmm. And so ideally we can identify six months in advance, four months in advance. Hey, we got two here and they're probably different supers, but it still puts a burden on the company. Right. We're going to be landing these planes at the same time. Right. And so we have to make a judgment call based on uh, a lot of factors, right? And the problem is like you and I know, we could be three months out, but that date could still change because bless the hearts of our manufacturing suppliers, but we're getting product delivered. I'm sure like you, that's, you know, delivered wrong. It's incorrect. There's issues with it. So we're having to spend more time testing it, running it, you know, from everything in the house. So, so we're just making a judgment call to say, okay, we know we can't close two in a week, two in two weeks we need to space these out at least three or four weeks apart. So we're, we are working on that as an organization on the front end side, just to make sure that, you know, those, we have plenty of space on that tarmac as they come in. So what about the stuff that like falls in your lap? Cause like, you know, generally somebody like, I get a lot of phone calls or emails, inquiries. It's like, Hey, we're thinking about building a house, right? That's a long process. That's a, we're going to be, we're going to get to know these people, but I have some where it's like, Hey, I have a set of plans. I have a permit. Like, something happened with my other builder, like how quickly can you get me numbers and when could you start? Or I have one that we just took over, it's framed and the builder went bankrupt and they're like, somebody, we need somebody tomorrow. Like, what do you, what do you do in those scenarios? Uh, and we get those too. So I think that's pretty common for both of us. Um, th those are tough because when you're starting a project, um, especially a takeover, especially something that, was started there's so much more work for you and i as a builder like i don't even think the clients understand it. it's almost at a point where my team's like brad 
we can't take projects anymore that another contractor started, you know, at any phase because it's so much of a burden. And so what yeah. what I've done now is, and I think this goes to the stars, back to your question. Um, there's, there's a lot of companies that, you know, in, outside of our industry that if you went to them, JD, and you said, hey, I want, you know, this custom, whatever it is, they're going to say, okay, that's fine. We're happy to do it. But we can't start manufacturing until six weeks from today, right? So you're just going to be put in the pipeline. And for some reason, like mentally, we're like, okay, that's fine. I'll get it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in the pipeline and, mm-hmm. you know, um, maybe it's a new car. You and I want a new car. Yeah. You go put it in. Right. It's going to be some time for manufacture. Right. There should be no difference. Like we shouldn't, we understand we want the job, but my team has put a lot of pressure on me. Say, okay, Brad, it's great that they get permit, but just because they get permit doesn't, and, and this is for jobs that are contracted or new ones that come out of nowhere. We can't just say, we'll start tomorrow. It's like our team needs six weeks, eight weeks, depending on the side to mm-hmm. get our pool plan schedule done, get our contracts done, get people scheduled. And so the way I handle it now, JD is like, if you were to call me, it's just like a remodel. If you were to call me and say, Brad, remodel my house, let's start demo tomorrow. I could demo tomorrow, but then the house just sits there while right. I'm waiting for cabinetry and everything else. Windows, right? windows. Yeah. It's just, so I tell my clients, look, your windows are long lead time, your doors, your cabinetry. I mean, all this stuff is we need six, eight weeks to formulate, do our schedule, get you know the trades in here, and then we'll break ground. So I know you want to start June 1st, but we're going to start August 1st. We'll get our mm-hmm. ducks in a row, and then we'll probably still finish at the same time. And you're not paying carrying costs. And so I've learned that by pushing them out, it actually puts us in a better position to be successful. Right. Well, I just need to learn some of that. So No. Well, here's the, here's the fact of the matter, J.D. You mentioned this like last year. The, the reality is you and I have dealt with um, – the ups and downs of construction. You and I started our businesses around the same time. We have businesses we're managing. Uh, you have to have cash flow. Like you have to have construction and you want to keep clients happy. You and I tend to, you know, we want to appease our clients and, and keep them happy right. at the, by doing that. Sometimes it's at the expense of going outside of our protocol or our SOP, our operating procedures. And by doing that, it just puts us, I think I've just learned that I'm typically like a yes guy. It's just, that's kind of my, how I am, you know me. And so I'll, I'll say yes. And I don't really understand the impact it puts on our Mm -hmm. capacity as a company. Mm -hmm. And now that I understand that a little bit more, now I have to be a little bit more pragmatic in my communication with the client to say, here's how we do it. Here's why. And then this will just be, you'll like me by the end of this. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. (laughs) So timelines, I mean, um, how are they looking? You know, not, not, there's a couple outliers, but I mean, you know, with, when there's no designer issues or, you know, city issues, I mean, like we're doing probably a 6,500 square foot house. And I would say 14 months. We used to do that in nine. It's crazy. So if it's a spec, it's probably faster. You know, if it's hillside, it's way more than that. I mean, if for, for a hillside, the first five months, you're just doing site nice work. work. Yeah. That's all you're doing. You know, it's just crazy. And then, like, you know, so I think timeline, we're doing pretty, pretty well on the houses that are, there's a plan and there's a process. The ones that don't have a plan or a process, or maybe there's just not a strong of one, it's tough. It's, it's going to drag on, which, you know, ultimately, like, cost us me money, us money, right? You know, we don't get paid anymore for how long, for, for 
take longer. It actually costs us money. So it's tough. How, how's backlog looking? I mean, you know, what, what are you seeing just market wise for you? It's, it's definitely slowed down a titch. Um, I mean, I'm still getting calls. I have probably four or five that are literally on the fence waiting for interest rates to do, you know, just drop a titch. So those are, you know, those are bid out and like they're, they're, you know, we have everything to get going. I even have permits on most of them. So those are the ones that are just interesting and it could make or break, you know, next year. But and there's still, you know, we have 13 going right now, a fair amount dropping off within the next six months. And then there's probably six or seven that we're getting ready to start in, in, in that in the next four or five months. So, you know, after that, you know, there's there's people I'm talking to that are just, you know, kind of like, hey, should I build this house? And I'm like, they're like, when's a good time to build a house? And I'm like, never, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, when's a good time to get married? When's a good time to have a kid? You know, like, when's a good time to get arrested? Like never, right? <laughs> like, like, don't do it. <laughs> but um, it's, 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 but you know, it's like, if you're asking me if it's going to be more expensive to build this house in 10 years from now or five years from now, yeah, absolutely. You know, a year from now, I don't know. Six months from now, I don't know. Five years from now, I can tell you it's going to be more expensive. So, but in, 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 in what, you know, it's like either you're fighting interest rates or construction costs. There's, you're never going to have low construction costs and low interest rates, right? It's just, yeah. there's just this yin and yang thing to it. So, yeah. And I think uh, just another point to that too. I mean, we've seen, especially clients right now that some of them, yeah. Is it perfect scenario for interest rates? Probably not. Is it perfect for building costs? Probably not. But at the same time, they have to self-evaluate their lifestyle to say, I may have certain, you know, kids at a certain age that I want to enjoy this experience or right. be in these schools or, right. you know, have these memories as a family. And so, like you said, I mean, it's, is there any perfect time? Probably not, but there's probably a time that's better than others. Cause like you said, in five years from now, is it going to be cheaper? Probably not. How many of yeah. our clients had- waited real quick? How many of our clients waited to say, okay, JD and Brad, Costs are high, I'm going to wait because it's going to come down. At some point, it's going to crash. And then on the flip side, not only the costs not come down, but now interest rates went up. So now it's 2x. Right. I had somebody that was going to like kind of stop after we finished framing. And, you know, he's like, I just don't know. I, I want to kind of wait it out. And then, you know, I was like, hey, why are you building this house? He's like, you're building it because you told me you want to have your kid's wedding in the backyard. You want to do this. You want to be able to play pickleball at home. He's like, you know, it just, you got, you got to remind people why they're doing it. It's not, it's not, it's not always for equity. Right. It's, I mean, I like some of the houses that my parents built when we lived in, like it was like the coolest thing to see construct, move in, you know, and do it again. Like, and then just fantastic houses that I had a lot of great memories in, you know, especially, you know, in high school and just parties and we had, I could just, there was a really fun time. Like, to be living in some of these, in, in some of these houses that I remember, you know, more distinctly. So, yeah, I mean, you want to build these houses and enjoy them. So. So is there any truth to the rumor that I'm told that JD every night sends a video to all of his trade partners, giving them the schedule and update? No. <laughs> no. I was like, J- JD is way ahead of the curve. Someone said, yeah, JD, no. he's so efficient. He just sends a video every night to all of his trades. A video? <laughs> yeah. No. 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 I was like, JD is on his phone from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. as you mentioned. So I'm like, I wouldn't put it past him because JD is a quick responder. So I like I do more late night work, but oh uh, no, I'm I mean Brendy kind of runs construction and he would he'd probably be more prone to do that. Um 
but no, I don't, I don't do that. Do you ever have any areas of town that you'll push back? I know you go to Peoria. I'm not out there. You mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. I'm in East Valley. You're not out there. Uh, any limitations on proximity to, to house and office? Yeah. I mean, we had somebody ask us for about Sedona multiple times. I said, no, thank you. I mean, Flagstaff, I think, is a no thank you. You know, other even though like building costs up there, what, what people are paying builders is insane. But yeah. just the trade base is really tough and the materials are hard to get. Um you know, I mean, I'd love to like start another division, but like, it just seems like a, like a whole nother, like can of worms. So like there's, you know, like, as you know, there's a lot of activity in like Northern Arizona, Torreon, and you know, there's the lack of builders up there, but I don't think it's a lack of builders. I think it's a lack of trades, mm-hmm. you know? So. It's um, funny. We're us, we're us the same thing to go to Torreon and Pine Top and Flagstaff, mm-hmm, Sedona, mm-hmm. you know, um, Prescott and I've had the same issue. I'm like, okay, that's fine to get a house up there. We have clients, you and I both that probably have, you know, summer homes up there, but, uh, it's a trade base, you know, there's not, you and I are feeling the pinch here in the Valley. How's it going to be outside in other parts of the state? You'd have to hire a CM or PM up there that lived up there that, you know, was that could manage it and do a really good job without you there a whole lot. Cause I mean, even if, if I go down to like, I mean, even if I go down to like, like we're in North Scottsdale. So if I go down to, Tempe to look at slabs like it's like a half day thing mm-hmm. just just it's just staying in, in metro phoenix so like going to you know flagstaff would be an all-day thing and yes you can get a lot of work done on your phone but like you're not doing your emails i mean i'm sure you know i'd love to even see a count but like how many emails you or i got like during this four, 50 minutes i bet it's yep. staggering it is staggering voice text i mean i had to i, I learned how to put one on do not disturb because it's just non-stop you know, pinging all day is the same thing that people don't realize. I've had people shadow me and they're like, I had no idea there's this mm. much, you know, and how to compartmentalize everything. Mm. Mm. What do you do for work-life balance? Um, you know, drive my kids around for their activities. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I used to really enjoy golfing. I still play every, every once in a while, probably once a month, maybe, maybe less, but I used to really enjoy it. Now I think it's more just relaxing and like, cause I would say I'm probably, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm the life of the party, but like when it's time to like rest, like, I don't want to, I don't answer my phone. Like there's, there's weekends that I go dark, like try to really go dark and like, not like you, like if someone, there's a nine one one I'm answering, but just like the, the little stuff like, Hey, do you have a guy for a water heater? It's like, I'm not answering that right now. You know, yeah. like, yeah, I'm not doing it. Like I need, I need the time, like just mentally I've learned just like, I need like a day break, like every seven days. Like I need a day to just like totally relax. Mm-hmm. So, so what do you do for fun outside? Have you mentioned, you know, kids and golf? Um, I, I really enjoy cooking, um, you know, cigars, um, <laughs> making pizza at home and um, swimming. I mean, we just, we put a pool in last year. It's been really fun. My kids, I mean, like we were swimming yesterday at five forty-five in the morning. We all woke up <laughs> early. I was, I was, lit- I was in the spa with my girls at five forty-five. It's hilarious. My wife comes down. She's like, what are you guys doing? Like, well, we're all up. So, <laughs> Well, I've, so you know, for us, the sun's up at 5 a.m. It's still warm. Might as well have right. a, a right. morning refresh in the pool, you know, before right. work. Yeah, it was cool. But So what's upcoming and exciting for you? Um, Probably just, you know, I, I really enjoy bidding. So, you know, we have some bids we're working on. I love estimating. I love getting, you know, kind of, the chase, right? Like trying to get jobs, you know, getting to know people. So 
I'd say, you know, just the, the stuff we're estimating right now is probably getting me a little more, you know, excited. What, how much estimating do you, do you do? Uh, as a company or me individually? You individually. Um, you know, that's a good question. So as far as, uh, like estimating a project that's under contract, mm-hmm. pretty much mm-hmm. zero. I don't really do yeah. any of that now. My team is, right. but I am helping them, especially with VE. That's where I get involved. I'm right. doing a lot of like pre-construction though, budgets and numbers. Yeah. So, right. you know, if you were to hire me, JD, and we're in the pre-con, same as you, I'm trying to look at historical data, our database, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. formulate at least a good budget that I can break down and itemize for not only the client, but my designer, architect. Right. So that right. we can start working in those confines, right? The budget. And so I'm really involved in the front end side. Once, once we're submitted for permanent, now we're ha- hard pricing this thing. I have an estimating team that's going through that. And, okay. and then I'm, I'm only getting involved, like I said, BE after that when like some things aren't lining up. Yeah. And you're, you're, I guess maybe you really clarified it a little better, but the, the more pre-con stuff is what I, yeah. I spend more time on for sure. But it's so. a chase, but I think we're, we're the same is it was funny. I just had my build of 20 come out and they did a SWOT, like an analysis. And they said, Brad, he loved the chase and he loved like the kill, right? Like, um, and, and what they mean by that is you and I, it's, there's something about chasing a project, chasing a client, being awarded. Like there's this, it's hard to explain to people that haven't been through that, you know, especially some of the complex homes we're doing to like be awarded that and say, Hey, we're going to be able to build this. And it's extremely challenging for a lot of reasons, but we're going to be able to put our name on it. And I do, I really enjoy that aspect of it. You know, it's a well, challenge. I think that's, I, I think it's it's it just you realize it, it's an affirmation of how much work went into doing that mm-hmm. and getting to know the person and the plans and be familiar that that someone is willing to like say you know like you are were awarded this like you earned it like you get to build this house now like there is something to be said about that because I mean I, we've we've there have been bids where I've put hundreds of hours on you know like <laughs> hundreds of hours. And to get it, you're like, all right, cool. Like they know that we know this project better than anybody. So. Yeah, it's, I'm with you on that, JD. And I know, you know, for sake of time, you've been awesome. I, I appreciate yeah. the friendship and yeah. uh, I know we're pretty fortunate to, uh, to have that, you know, which is not common to everyone in every market. So uh, I agree. F- for those listening, how can they find you? Um, well, like social media standpoint? Yeah, social media, individual, home address. uh we do we do we dabble you know in the in the um instagram we're not we're not obviously big time like you but yeah (laughs) i i do i just it's more that that to me is like late night early morning just like oh cool picture like like send it out you know i try to be a little more sarcastic about it be you know be a little a little more funny about it um but there i mean you'll see me i mean i'm spending trying to spend more time in the field right now just because we're just heavy in the field so I'm driving around trying to, you know, either to Peoria or, or down in PV or up in Whisper Rock. Just I usually spend the mornings running around uh, and then coming here in the afternoon. So other than that, just probably watching a, something sports on, you know, at home, chilling. So yeah, well, I'm the same. Well, JD, I really appreciate the time and uh, yep. good luck in your next meeting. Thanks for coming on. All right. Thanks, Brad. See you, bud. If you give value for the show, please support us by giving a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you listen to. And I also have a favor to ask. We've had some incredible guests that come on and share their wisdom, their knowledge about their business. So if you have friends or family members that could benefit from those episodes, please share it with them, as well as any other business owners that you're networking with that could get value from the podcast or certain episodes. Please share those as well. 
Again, subscribe. Make sure you're following any questions that you have, topics. We've had uh, listeners reach out about certain guests that we should have on the show. Again, brad.l at aftconstruction.com. Email me for topics to address, guests that we should have on, and even if you think you'd be a great guest for the show. So again, thank you for all your support, and we'll see you next time.